Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today's episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a meal delivery plan that is 100% heart-healthy, plant-based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus $9.99 shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, Tri Vegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contractor commitment. And you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code capital L, capital Y, capital T, capital Y, yoga. That's lit yoga. Website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being. And I have this myself. This saves me time and energy. And I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Lit Yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends, and I'm so lucky to have a friend of mine online here, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know him as Fitzy. Uh, Fitzy came to several of my yoga retreat slash teacher training lessons in Kripalu, and we became fast friends. He is just an amazing human being. You'll love hearing his accent, if not anything else. He's humorous. He's intelligent. He is a UPS driver and a yoga teacher and a philosopher and so much more. And I just was really wanting to have him on here for so many reasons, but especially just admiring that he is coming here on his day off. He's working six days a week now during this pandemic, but he's taking the time to talk to me. So welcome, Fitzy. Thank you, Lara. It's great to talk to you. And yeah, I'm happy to chit chat. Yeah. So first of all, tell me um, life right now. Uh, We are like 40 days into this pandemic and you are one of the few, uh, not the few, but there are categories of essential workers and you're probably working your ass off right now. I can imagine like, because people are um, sheltering at home. They're not going out as much that of course they're kind of chomping at the bit to go out, but you are, are you bit like, is, is the parcel industry a delivery system just like three times more than it normally is? 
Yes. And actually, that's probably the right number. Uh, in my like unofficial estimation, like the residential deliveries have tripled. Wow. And um, the sm- their small businesses are, are closed and shuttered. So there's less small business volume. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, a lot of residential volume. So uh, it's definitely been uh, a really uh, uh, stressful and interesting pandemic so far. Uh, I knew that we would be working through it because uh, we usually work through things like blizzards or state emergencies. And that's because we carry medicine. Mm. Oh, you do? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And we carry just essential supplies, just the the volume of the network of the the corporation, you know, these big corporations that have, uh, they've already set the logistics supply chain in place. So it's it's already in use so they can carry things like MEMA supplies. BEMA is the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency up here or, you know, FEMA supplies. So I knew we would be working um, and it's, you know, on a personal level, it's like a blessing and a curse because you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like there's some stability in my life, like not just the paycheck, but also the routine. Yeah. You know, the routine. And on the other side, it's the stress is definitely extreme. It was never a a relaxing job, but it's, it's very stressful right now. So what, what does that mean in terms of the stress? Like, is it that there's always more to be done, that there's the supply is more than uh, or the demand is more than the supply in terms of being like being able to deliver. Is it stressful because you are you um, also having decreased interaction with people, which I because you're dropping stuff off. I mean, I'm sure you did that anyway, but like, tell me, like, what is it? How, how does it feel stressful? To, the way you ha- like, how do you have to dress? Yes, great. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I, I think that uh, myself and. My coworkers, we've been in it for over a month, so it's sort of routine. But if people who are are sheltering might not like recognize the what's going on out there, I think they do when they go out to the supermarket. But just the daily interactions, uh, people respond to you know a high stress situation in in so many ways, and uh, just seeing that means that driving is potentially more unsafe. So in our day, my day as a a delivery guy is half driving and half delivering. So the driving is, you know, a really important component because that's the, you know, half of the safety equation. And starting in the early days, we just saw a lot of insane traffic situations happen. Uh, All of us seeing people just Sort of blowing through red lights, um, you know, lots of speeding. Just it's people are are re- reacting. Wow, I never would have thought of that. Right? I just that makes sense that you take the stress you're feeling and you take it in your car, and it's like, you know, it's not like it's not like it's leaving. It's just now it's being applied <laughs> in a way that you you feel like maybe you're a little bit more in control, and yet your emotions are out of control. Yeah, and in a in a normal like everyday setting where there's not a pandemic, that comes into play when there's other factors like uh, rain, snow, or a sport event, or, or even a local sporting event. You just see traffic patterns are different, 
And when traffic patterns are different, it's more unsafe. So, you know, defensive driving is what we try to do. And, uh, it's just incredible what is going on out there. So it, it's more stressful in a sort of a hypervigilance type of way, mm-hmm. just sort of head in a swivel, you know, um, uh, it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, whatever I'm delivering is not as important as people's lives and safety on the road. So, uh, it's stressful in that way. And, and then it's stressful in the workload. Like the volume is equivalent to Christmas, but we don't have the benefit of helper people or extra drivers. And in fact, we have less help because people are, you know, in our warehouse, we have dozens with COVID or quarantined with, uh, you know, because of, of COVID. So we have less help, more Jeez. work. So are you yeah, guys that, getting, are you guys getting tested? Uh, no, no, it's, uh, it's just sort of like a self-reporting mm-hmm. uh, situation. And uh, it, I come out of a warehouse with, I think, about 300 trucks. So it's a very large warehouse, regional warehouse. And there's, you know, like every warehouse, it's an enclosed situation. And there's, there's people out with COVID. So, and, um, you know, people are coming home to their families and just taking all their stuff off in the garage. and. You know, I was driving around the other day and I saw a first responder, a police guy on my route. And, you know, I could tell he got off shift because he's in his driveway, stripping down to his boxers because he's going into his loved ones. So um, I think a little bit of the stress comes from um, from that of wanting to, you know, I, I live in a crappy bachelor pad myself, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about bringing stuff home to loved ones. But I'm really sensitive to people who, you know, you have immunocompromised people at home potentially. So that's stressful for a lot of guys and and women. Yeah. And you're witnessing, you know, so many of us who are not in this essential category are reading about it. We might be seeing some of it on the news or whatever, but you're really witnessing it in a way like every single day. And, and from, from beginning to end of the day, I'm imagining like you are on high guard on high alert, whether it's like in the, in the vehicle or in the place where you're um, getting the, the, the warehouse, how do you find, I mean, it'd, it'd be stupid for me to ask, like, are you more stressed? But how do you find you're coping with the stress N- knowing that like you've got to match this ramp up in intensity? H- how are you personally try- coping with it? I've probably done it in three ways and I'm able to do this because I've been through, this is my 16th year uh, slinging cardboard. So I've been through Christmases 16 times. So I just know the stress that's coming. So one of the things I do is I, uh, I visualize, I visualize my life after uh, the busy time is over. And that's a lesson I learned from yoga that, you know, stress will end, things will shift, and visualizing what that will be like uh, is, you know, a good tool. So that includes making plans, making positive plans, and having like sort of a, a plan for the future. That's not a skill that actually came naturally to me. I had to learn it as an adult. So that's one way that um, I deal with the stress. And second way is one that I picked up recently, which is um, more specific breath work. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of, I've sort of been around yoga for longer than I thought. (laughs) And you, you pick up all this, these random snippets of breath work, 
which are helpful, you know, nasal breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. And uh, I just recently took uh, the Art of Breath course. Uh, it's through, uh, you know, Brian McKenzie was involved uh, in it. Um, and it's a great course and they have like a, a morning routine, a morning ramp up that uh, includes sort of a sequence of breath protocols for nasal breathing. And uh, I do that in the morning. How just long, to, how long of, does that take? It takes me less than five minutes or less. Okay. It, it, it ends up being like, I don't know, like a hundred breaths all in all. Uh, and it basically primes, it's basically priming your diaphragm muscle because I've gone to bed stressed at night, almost guaranteed, yeah. unless I've done my, my nightly routine, which I, I do. But I don't do it religiously because honestly, if I'm getting home at like nine, that's it. I'm passing out with half a bush lead on my chest. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, so being able to reset the diaphragm um, and that that took me sort of years of yoga to figure out actually. And they packed it into like, a, you know, a small routine that I have experience doing. So I do the, so I do the breathing. That's the second tool. And the third tool is like once a week, I really need to do a purposeful thing to to slow down. And it takes a lot of grit to get through a six-day work week. Mm. But there we can something I've learned is that as humans, we can have too much grit. That grit is a positive thing, you know, much like pizza is a positive thing, right? It's a beautiful thing, but too much grit can be a bad thing, much like too much pizza is a bad thing. You know, you get a tummy ache. So uh, I do something good for me. It's got to be something I enjoy with my body. What I found is that uh, at work, I have a lot of movement. Sometimes it's too much movement or it's really hurried movement in a, the same planes of motion. So if I can hike on the weekends, you know, uh, take a walk in the woods, uh, take, you know, bicycle, uh, or do yoga. So this morning I did an hour and 15 minutes of yoga with my teacher, Becky Gabrielski up here, uh, who has moved her stuff online. Um, she's a, a, a nurse and also is one of my first teachers. So I just did a ton of yoga and not pushing through it. You know, like I, I love, you know, happy Debbie, you know, Debbie, that we know as Happy Debbie online has you know beginners courses on on your platform you know stuff like that is just perfect where you just want to check in with your body and actually feel your body because you've been going with I've been going with grit for six days I don't need more grit on my seventh day I don't need to push through like this two hour brutal yoga Bikram style flow like. I just need to be a little more present. So those are the three things that I, I try to do. I love that. I love that. And everybody could really benefit from that. Now, do you, I know you do some stuff online. Do you have that um, breathing example like on your YouTube page or something like that so people can check in with that? I, I do not, but it, it is going to be... I'm going to share some of the breathing in my, uh, my online course called Cardboard Cologne. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, yes. so tell us about this because I just love how you're blending. <laughs> you're kind of the renaissance man of sorts. You know, you have this combination of so many great qualities and skill sets and you know, you're you're super masculine in so many ways. Just like I remember the first time I saw you and I know I immediately broke the ice when I was like, so tell us the truth, Fitzy. Like how often are you hit on when you like walk to the front door? <laughs> like I from by men and women both. I bet they're like, look at this guy in his brown outfit and look how handsome and and you're just like super, super like burly masculine, um, handsome, and then and and you know, I like strong and then you just have this like such softness too it's um it's it's just so lovely and i'm gonna go off but i, I want to hear so i want to hear about this cardboard mm. loan because i now so tell us about that but also tell us about this journey into this have you always had this blend of of characteristics that were seemingly not contradictory but like didn't seem like many other males have <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I get a lot of my kindness uh, from my grandmother. My grandmother was just so important to me and still is. And uh, at, when I became a yoga teacher, one of the first things I did was I did some extra training in chair yoga because I remember when my grandmother was older and was battling health issues, uh, I remember sitting next to her and I wish I could have connected with her in a uh, I wish I could have connected with her and, and had more positive interactions with her at the, at the end of her, her life and uh, so I went to I thought to myself if I had known chair yoga we would have done chair yoga all the time like the type of chair yoga I learned is just so fun like you're stomping and dancing so I think I get a lot of my kind qualities uh, from my grandmother. Uh, and uh, as far as uh, the other stuff, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. It, I mean, how did you... I have you, no idea. It must yeah. be the cardboard cologne. Yeah. So, so when did you journey into that kind of introspective state? Again, not to... It's just that... Uh, it's This isn't about men. It's just that our... The way we all as humans are conditioned it is more uncommon to find all of those elements in in men, unfortunately, because yeah, men at a, yeah. a young age are like, oh, men do this, women don't. You know, men don't do this, women don't. Don't show your emotions, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. cardboard cologne, tell us about that and we'll yeah. see some of the elements of you in that. <laughs> yeah, well, the cardboard cologne, uh, you know, the, the cardboard cologne course is just a, a course in recovery mobility for blue collar people or for teachers who might want an insight into how to teach to blue collar people. And uh, it's based mostly on my trainings with functional range conditioning. I trained uh, over several months and several trainings with them. And they're, they really have a foot in the performance fitness industry, which is a masculine uh, driven industry because it's geared toward uh, competition and uh, winning, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you really want to win. If you're not winning in pro sports, then you're not getting paid. Uh, so they have best practices for joint care uh, based on uh, scientific research. And, uh, you know, it's not 
like esoteric magic. Like you, do, as soon as, as soon as any personal trainer or somebody from the mobility world takes a Lara Hyman class, I am completely confident they will understand what you're doing because it's just based on sound principles of biomechanics. Um, but this course that I'm still putting together in this little free time I have is, is meant for that recovery. And it's also meant so to... So when you say recovery, you're talking about... And, and also, there's two questions I have. So I, I'm fascinated. Mm-hmm. So it's targeted to blue collar. So blue collar is defined by what? People working more in labor and they need more of a recovery from their actual work. Is that what this is? The recovery from like their daily life type of um, demands? Yes. And you're, you see this in a ton of students I know. It's really for any industrial athlete. You think about a nurse who is standing on her or his feet all day, so in, oftentimes in clogs, God forbid. On, on cement. <laughs> on, on cement. Yeah. And, and what's actually happening is they are getting a lot of motion. They are getting a lot of movement in certain joints and certain parts of their bodies. But it ends up, it's not nutritional movement. Their body is adapting daily, like a great body does. Our bodies are so amazing. It will adapt to that. So in a way, we have to take what our industry, the movement that our industry forces us into, and we have to reverse bioengineer it. Mm. Um, you know, in a, you know, just thinking in a more of natural movement way so that we can then play outside of our jobs. Like the goal of a nurse is, I did, I never want the goal of like a nurse or a teacher or a delivery guy to just be nursing, teaching, and delivering. Like we're so much more than that. We're more than our jobs. We're what we love to do in addition to our jobs. And to be able to punch out a work, recover, and then on the weekends, go for a hike, play, throw a ball with your kids. Like that is, that's the stuff of life, really. And we will lose that movement capacity if we don't revisit it because our jobs force us into these narrow movement boxes. So in my job, I have a surplus of movement. I move so damn much, way more than 99% of the population. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm moving my joints through their full range of motion. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm doing more nutritional movement than other people. It just means I'm doing more. So I have, I have more volume, but less specificity as far as how my body is. And diversity, yeah. And diversity, yeah. yes. So if, if I don't keep tabs on that, I'm going to look up and I'm going to be like, oh my God, I can't segment my lumbar. I have a bad back. And you have trained with me. You have seen my body. I have trucker's body. You know, I have a lumbar that I work a lot on that I try to segment because it rounds. I have a thoracic spine that hunches and a neck with forward head posture because I'm driving over the wheel all day. So to be able to take those negative capacities that my body rightfully does to get through a workday safely, I need to step up to the plate for my body so that I can go on that hike later. So that I can't, you know... I, I want to, you know, when I see my niece, I want to pick her up. 
you know, I don't want to be that person who can't pick up their knees because I can't squat down. So the problem though, for industrial athletes is there's just no goddamn time. Mm-hmm. There's not enough hours in a day. So the one movement class you go to has to be the, like the kitchen sink, <laughs> which is why I love your style of yoga. Right. And, you know, you don't pay me. I'm not a spokesperson. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I found you naturally. Yeah. And there's, I found you naturally in one of the first classes I took from you wasn't even for men. It was called, so you had a baby, now grab a yoga block. Ah, look at yeah. that. That's one of the first classes I took, right? So women know that once you go through something that's physically challenging, like childbirth or, you know, like guys working six days a week during a pandemic, you've got to grab a yoga block. You've got to work on your body. Otherwise, like the struggles will continue. So there's a mindset there. And, you know, getting to that yoga class is, is so huge. So the, what I'm trying to do is offer up a few classes, short classes that people can do after work while dinner's cooking, just a little bit of easy recovery so that then by the time you get to Saturday or Sunday, you can go to that yoga class or you can go to that CrossFit mixed group and you're not completely destroyed. I love this. First of all, I love the term industrial athlete. I, I've never heard that. And, you know, I was interviewed this week. I work with Olympic rowers and they, we were all in this group interview with a different, a couple different TV stations because they're all fascinated, like how, you know, they have to put off the Olympics for a year. How are they, how are they adapting to that? And then they asked me, well, what do I work on with them? And what I say is, with any athlete, and this would be in the case of the industrial athlete as well, is I look at what they're doing over and over because every pretty much, I'd say basketball is probably the exception and they have different types of things they have to work on for like injury prevention. But in general, they're just moving through huge ranges, require strength, flexibility, power, you know, all of this stuff. So it's pretty, uh, and it's super dynamic, but you know, a lot of athletic endeavors, including being an industrial, there's just like a repetitive series of movements. So what I look at is what they're doing and how to balance it. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, because what you're doing and what I'm doing is trying to balance the imbalances so that the energy is there, whether Mm -hmm. you need it for performance or whether you need it for your kids, for your family. Like what you're saying, you want to be able to play with your kids. Like when I talk to people I say, you know, and they're talking about how like getting down on the ground is kind of hard. I'm like, you're going to want to get down on the ground with your kid, your grandkids. You're not going to want to have to think about that as something that's going to be difficult. Like that just blows my mind. And I, that's why I started, like I would say about eight years ago, doing so much down and up, down and up, mm-hmm. turning. I'd already been doing a lot of it, but I was working with, you know, middle-aged people, not even like mm-hmm. geriatrics yeah. who were clunky with getting up and down off the floor. And all I could think of is, of course, from an injury perspective, but I thought, how are you going to enjoy your life? How are you going to, you know, be able to just be that grandparent or that aunt or uncle or, or just like not right off doing things because physically you can't. So, but what you're doing is so brilliant because you're tapping into a market that you understand 
And you also are coming into it like the end of these days when you're doing a lot of physical stuff, but you're right, it's not balanced. It saps your energy. So coming up with something like a recovery, shorter, that you can really implement. And of course, paradoxically, it brings that, it gives you more energy if you can just do it. And But you're like, hey guys, I've actually done this. You know, I'm not just some like cute little yoga teacher (laughs) who's telling you to do it. It's like, you are, have invested, this is like your life's work, so to speak. Kind of like what I feel like my, what I do is my life's work. Yeah, yeah. I've invested an amazing amount of money and time and and care into this, but this is all I have because if my body goes down, I go down. You know, I've been on dis. Uh, I was on disability for four months, and that's I took my first yoga class right after that. And you know, something a, a perspective that I think I have that, and you have a, a unique perspective because of being a, a physical therapist. A perspective I think I have is I'm not good at yoga sports. Like, you know, I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm just sort of like, you know, Joe Schmo. But a lot of times in our professional industries, like, a, like you work with these athletes, like a rower is a rower because they were good at rowing. So they were rewarded for that. So they're going to keep rowing. And all of a sudden they're going to look up and they're going to be like, oh man, I have all these compensations. Like a delivery guy is rewarded because he's high energy, wants to crush, wants to be athletic and lift. And all of a sudden, the cumulative like fatigue of that catches up and you're like, oh man, like what's going on? Personal trainers, strength coaches, like love lifting in the gym. Like they're usually super responders. So all of a sudden though, like they get to, they have to coach and they're like, oh, I don't know why this isn't working. I don't know why this regret why, oh, I have to regress this movement? Oh, come on. Like, So people have success and then they become professionals, but that's sort of a more compassionate worldview uh, is is going to make us better teachers. And I've really, like something that is important to me is to try to stay teaching, to try to stay teachable and to try to stay teaching. I mean, that's really, I think, uh, just part of my worldview. Well, you're you're very good at it, and I love what you say. You you spend a lot of energy and time educating yourself. Now, have you prior to this disability had you been interested in the body and movements and mechanics, or was it kind of a slap in the face, like wow, I I'm down for the count. I really got to do something for myself, or had you been interested in movement already? Because uh, you're not just interested in movement. You're really you've become an educator. Uh, you of movement. Like you really have a, a, a tremendous understanding of it. So yeah, like how did that all start? Yeah, I didn't do shit for my boss. <laughs> I, There's I hope went, everybody. Yeah. 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 I, I went to work, I grounded out, and then I had some bush lights at mm-hmm. night, passed out in my uniform on the couch with a bush light in my belly, half a bush light, uh, while watching TV. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I got uh I got injured uh hiking. And I uh, couldn't work for four months. I, I tried to push through it for a while and it was just brutal. And then um, just ended up in the whole physical therapy mill. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've been in the physical therapy mill and the workers comp mill, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just a fellowship of despair. <laughs> and 
You just want to get back to a normal life and a normal routine. So I had like four months where I was just, I I would wake up, I would watch Sports Center, I would read, I would do all my physical therapy exercises and more. I would research about, you know, how to, you know, get my muscles better. You know, that back, I was turned on a lot then to uh, Kelly Sturette and Jill Miller, their yoga tune up. Um, and, uh, and then I would meditate. Uh, that's when I met uh, my, my meditation teacher at that point. And then, uh, and did these people just come into your life or were like, were you looking for meditation? Did you like, did you say to yourself, like, I don't want life just to be about working hard, coming home, drinking beer, falling asleep. Like, was there a, like, you know, an epiphany or is it just something that organically led from moving better, clearing out the mind? I need some, you know, mental stuff as well. I mean, they're all connected, we know, but. Yeah. Well, I, at some point TV and, and that stuff got, just got so boring. And, uh, uh, my teacher, Sering, he's the, the chaplain at Beth Israel down here. He was just like, he travels around and gives like Dharma talks. So he ended up traveling to the town near me and I was just bored. I, I didn't have shit to do. I was injured. I could barely walk really. So I went to, uh, one of his meditation sessions and, uh, you know, just sort of like took him on as my teacher, one of my teachers. And I've been, you know, meditating with him ever since, you know, it, meditating in a Tibetan style is, it's just one type of meditation. There's like so many ways to do it, but that so, became So do you do the practice. eyes half open meditation? Yeah. I was trained in that as well. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've trained, I've done different, I've done transcendental, but I, mm. I love the um, Tibetan approach of like, you know, the eyes, the half gaze, because, you know, you, you don't want to close off the reality of the world, but be able to, um, it, it has more, like everything for me, like functional care, like it has more carryover into daily life. Like you're not mm-hmm. just shedding everything, but you know, it's all good. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I was interested. Okay. So carry on. Sorry about that. It was just, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Like eyes half open. Uh, I was taught to use that. Um, when you're sleepy. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to fall asleep, then you just open your eyes and it's sort of creepy when people are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's sort of like a take on Drishti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the beautiful things about meditation is there's a lot of ways to do it, but it takes some intentionality and it takes a little bit of grounding in your body. So being able to move appropriately to get settled to do that is, you know, as, as we both know, it's just so important. When I was injured, I mean, I wasn't moving at all. So it was just like a, a sedentary time and it happened to be a good time for me to do a lot of meditating. So, Were you injured in your low back? Uh, no, it was uh, Achilles. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's, that's a hard one. Long, uh, yeah. long well, recovery. It's just a long recovery. It you know? is. Really. It's, it, it, is. It, it can totally happen. The body is amazing. Yeah. You know, Achilles tendon, I think, can hold the weight of a Volkswagen and more, but it's just a long, you know. Yeah. Your body's got to lay down that collagen. It does. It does. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anything that we can do to help our bodies do that is, you know, people would come to my kin stretch classes and I'm just like, hey, buy some collagen supplements, do your kin stretch or your mobility or your yoga, whatever you're doing. And then have faith that your body will heal if you put nutritional stuff into it. Yeah, absolutely. 
And the weight bearing is like a, a nice um, zapper for, for any of that, all that material to come in and start working. So, well, in closing, because I could just talk to you for a long time and I know everybody's going to love hearing from Fitzy, but tell me like your, when you wake up at the, the beginning of each day, what are your, what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you stay motivated and stay clear? You've already talked about your breathing, but any other kind of mantras that you have that you say or that you live by? The the most important part of my morning is this morning mo- mobility routine I do, which uh, you know it allows me to get one good breath in. If if I can just get one good breath in in the morning, then you know I know it's going to be okay. And you know I can't always sit down and do my art of breath like super ventilation like you know, five minute routine, but. I always do my mobility routine and uh, even just waking up and starting in bed with ankle circles right? and just sort of getting, you know, revving up the engine. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> you know, and uh, I recently went to a seminar uh, with uh, a strength coach, Dan John. And I remember an old T Nation, Testosterone Nation article that, that he wrote. And he said, at night, you set a pot of coffee and you set the timer on it. And then you wake up and you drink the coffee and you go to achieve your goals. So I set the pot of coffee. I, I do the it. ankle. Larry, I do the ankle circles. I set the pot of coffee <laughs> and then I go parcel. You know what I, I mean? love it. Pot of coffee and parcel. Oh my gosh. I love you. Um, all right. So when can we look forward to this cardboard? Because this cardboard clone thing is going to be massive. I can tell. So many people are going to love this. <laughs> Where can people find it? Um, tell everybody where you are. Social social media on Instagram. I noticed you went from uh, Fitzy says hi to now you're Parcel Savage. Is that right? Yes, I'm Parcel Savage. I love it. You know, I love it. You got you got to yeah. have goals in life. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I use my social media to reinforce to, to build reinforce my goals for myself. You know, and I changed my name to Parcel Savage when the pandemic started because I knew I would need some courage to get through it. Oh, I love that. Uh, th- right mm. now, that's the easiest place to reach me. I It is slow going, yeah. uh, putting this course together, but it is actually closer than it has been in a, in a year. Uh, hopefully, it'll be just enough for people after work. Uh, but yeah, Parcel Savage on Insta. And uh, you can Google me. Fitzy says hi, uh, I think is my my website that I have nothing on. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll help you uh, keep honest now that you've set it, set it out to the world that... The cardboard cologne, um, I love that. We're going to get that up there and I'm going to help you in any way that I can because I just adore you. I, I adore your energy. I, I'm I'm so grateful for you and all of your comrades who are showing up and having, you know, Christmas is a hard, is a hard time for you, but you're also doing it day after day after day. So um, keep taking care of yourself and keep doing all of this stuff. I'm so glad you have your protocol for for wellness. And yeah. We're, we're cheering for you. Thank you so much. And thanks for being on here with me. Lara, always awesome to talk with you. You're very welcome. And I can't wait at some point to get into a round of this uh, LYT online yoga. I wasn't able to do it this time, but I have a feeling. I see the graduates now, so I'm really hoping to dive into that at some point. Yeah, some point. Yeah, I'd love to have you in there whenever. We're going to be having a few more of those now that people are 
going to be, you know, at home a little bit longer. It was a great first round. It was un- nice. unbelievable. So yeah, I would be honored to have you in that big circle, which you already are in, but more officially, and everybody will be excited to have you in, the, in their program. <laughs> All right. So take care, my friend. And for everybody out there, as always, I'm pulling for you. Thank you for listening. Lots of hugs. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.